0: WXME AM780 Monticello Holton Presque Isle.
1: Good morning, Aroostook County. This is the Aroostook Washington Radio Show. They tell me I'm Skyping. I don't even know how to Skype. Skype. Skip. Oh, well. Anyway, we're coming to you live the Constitutional Radio Network, the conscience of Maine. And uh, almost poolside, but uh, having a little little sort of mini vacation in the Dominican Republic, you know, down the Caribbean. Uh, Yeah, right. Good luck with that. Anyway, we are on 780 AM, if you're listening on air, regular radio, transmitter, all that stuff, old-fashioned AM radio, just like there was in my old 6 Ford, then uh, you're listening on 780 AM out of Monticello. We're also around the state, our microtransmitter network, from... uh, Westbrook in the Back Bay of Portland, we're on 88.1. In Bangor and Brewer, we're on 96.5. Lewiston, we're on 1700 AM. And around the world on the Internet, we're on TalkShoe, TalkShoe TalkShoe.com, T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E, TalkShoe.com. You can uh, join the call, join the conversation in the chat room. The chat room's a fun place to be. And uh, there's always good stuff in the chat room. A lot of times there's a great conversation going on in that chat room. People sharing information and um, back and forth. And you can post websites and email addresses and information, little quotes. You can only do lines at a time, but uh, you can get plenty of information in there. Okay, it's fun to do. Uh, have a have a whack. Foxu.com, look for Rustic Watchman, uh, or just enter the code five two nine five six. And, as usual, something else is going on all the time. You never know. That's better. Kill that thing. And let's see. Announcements. We're going to have uh, Hal Shortlift will be on with us momentarily. And uh, possibly Dan McGonagall. Uh He and Dan will be in Holton uh, tonight at the Horn Restaurant. And uh, that should work just fine tonight at the Horn restaurant and uh, he'll be on and we'll tell you all about that. Uh, on the twenty sixth they will be we will be in uh, Portland. Oh Portland, I to go all the way to Portland, Maine Supreme Judicial Court. We will be answering seeking to the brief that's been filed in the Governor LePage versus Attorney General Janet. Mills issue. We've got. Uh, if you listened to the show yesterday, was it yesterday? Day before? Yeah, yesterday. Uh, we played a uh, the show that we did in the evening. Should be some interesting stuff. Going uh, to be some good stuff come out if they actually get that into the court record, if they allow us. Um, I'm amazed that we haven't gotten notice that it's just been canceled. I don't know how they would do it, but uh, I'm sure they do not want the, the light of truth shown on the constitutional gymnastics that have been done over the years to take the power away from the people and change our guaranteed Republican form of government into a direct democracy. Which is...
2: Why don't you call his cell phone? Oh, he probably's on a. He might
0: be on a landline. But... Okay. Okay, we should be back and running here. You guys
1: in there?
2: We right here, brother.
1: I thought you were there. I can hear you, but I couldn't get going. Who knows? Anyway, welcome Dan McGonagill and Hal Shirtless.
2: Director um, Mundo.
1: There we go. Okay. How come if we don't have people that think they're not safe?
0: What's that now? I, I, I was a little scattered.
1: How is I'm the Committee fast. of Safety if people think they're safe?
0: That's a good question. The problem is uh, – Which is why they don't you, turn up. And you say this on your show quite often, and it can be frustrating – Uh, Let me, uh, you know, right now we're in a battle of our constitutions on a chopping block. And all these folks around the country that say they believe in the Constitution, they love the Constitution, they don't want to see any, they want to see it restored, not changed. Well, they're not showing up for the hearings. They're not communicating with their elected officials in New Hampshire. um, The uh, resolutions for the Wolfpack, that's the left-wing version, uh, passed by the committee by a good, good margin. These were Republican conservatives, by the way. Supporting guys like Che Guevara, these far left progressives, uh, because there just weren't enough people. We, we you know, we, we did our best, and uh, although the the, the the battle's not over, this is still has to go to a full vote in the Senate and and so forth. And uh, back in the 80s, we were two states away from losing our Constitution, but thankfully people woke up. But it's it's work, folks. You got to go out there and you got to learn a little bit about the issues and then then take action because if you don't, you know, there isn't any. Uh, there no Superman flying around going to say super constitution is going to save your constitution for you. It's up to you. Benjamin Franklin said after the, um, after the convention in 1780, uh, 1787, what kind of government do you have? And he said, a Republic madam, if you can keep it. And we haven't been able to keep it, unfortunately. And, and we can restore it, but we can't keep it if we don't, um, if we don't act on it.
1: Well, the problem, one of the problems, how is so many people today, do not even understand what the republic or a republican form of government is. They think we live in a democracy. All words have been kind of mushed together. They throw everything in a blender so it would come out nice and homogenous and gray instead of the correct color that it's supposed to be. And
0: and they throw a little sweetener in there, too, make it taste good, right? Make the poison taste good. Well, if... If you look at the Constitution, Article 4, Section 4, that's where the word republic appears. It says all states are guaranteed a republican form a government. And that has nothing to do with the Republican Party. People hear the word republican, oh, you, ha- you belong to a country club. Well, you know, that's got nothing to do with the party. It means a republic is comes from the Latin res publica, the public thing. In this case, we're speaking of the law. And in a republic, if it's working properly, all of the rights of the people are protected. Now, there's no such thing as a. There's always going to be problems because we're dealing with human nature and mankind, fallen man. However, um, the rights of the minorities. So when I say minority, I'm not necessarily referring to people of different ethnic backgrounds, uh, but the people, the minorities' rights are protected from the whims of the majority, and that's uh, it. Worked relatively well for a long time. In fact, uh, you know, we we have the oldest constitution. And, you know, what? a lot of people on both the right and left will say, well, you know, it was written in 1787 for an agrarian society, blah, blah, blah. And the bottom line is it didn't. It dealt with inventions. It established a patent office. You know, so it dealt with the jet age, the space age, the computer age and all that. But it also dealt with human nature. And that never changes. That's what people think. Human nature doesn't change. King Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. He could have said that today or 4,000 years ago. There is nothing new under the sun. Human nature needs to be kept in check. Thomas Jefferson, and I may have had some issues with some of his views uh, uh, later on in his, uh, in his life, but he said that do not speak to me of the competence of men. Chain them down, uh, keep them in check for the chains of the Constitution. So the Constitution gave the federal government, created this federal government, oh, because we already had one under the articles, it gave them specific and limited powers under Articles uh, Article 1, 7, and 8, and the left. And then it gave specific and few powers and duties to the president and the vice president, very few. And it gave just a few things that the Supreme Court could do. The rest was left up to the states, to the people. That was under the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, that basically said uh, there, there are certain things that. The, the rights in the Constitution or the powers uh, not denied to the states or prohibited are, are, are those for the people. So in other words, if the Constitution didn't say the sta- states couldn't do it, for example, states can't make contracts, can't, uh, can't make treaties with foreign nations, they can't mint their own currency, but they could do pretty much a lot of things. And the states forgot that. The people in the states got greedy. When the when the federal government started doling things out, oh, we'll, we'll we'll there's a program. We'll cover that program. We'll cover that program. Now we're now we're in uh, you know 2015, and uh, a few years ago a movement was a new movement was launched to get our nation into a convention, Article Five Convention. They even they're, they're, the marketing strategy. I have to say this is the most well organized, well orchestrated, and probably well funded attempt in the last since not early 80s. Do uh, You, think, got you full- think
1: they're funded better than us?
0: Oh well, I tell you what. When I had to borrow money to get uh, from a friend to get to the hearings, or go to my son and say, "Hey, son, uh, I need money for gas." And they can bring in people from uh, Virginia and from Washington State, fly them in on on a moment's notice. I tell you what, when you buy an airline ticket on a moment's notice, it's a little more pricey than it is when you buy it three months out. Uh, and they can put them in, and they don't stay in the in the people's in-law apartments, which I'm delighted to do they end up they're they're in nice nice hotels and they're flying first class. So yes. And they schmooze people. And they actually in New Hampshire they uh we had a press conference and then we had a presentation. It was pretty successful about a month, three weeks ago and that sort of forced their hand. They had to bring in their guy and had to feed a bunch of legislators, you know? So um but nevertheless I still believe that the truth will get out. We just got we just it takes a take it's effort. It takes a lot of work. And the sad thing is, there are a lot of these folks that normally would be on our side on most issues. And not only are they working, you know, and again, I can I can respect people who have, We can have strong disagreements without losing respect for each other, even if we're on the opposite sides of the of, of a particular issue. But there's some really nastiness, and what uh, what the, when they're testifying, the, the issue isn't the Article Five Convention as much as the John Birch side. The John Birch side is the issue. And it's it's almost comical. I mean, here we are, sort of a small small group, and we are public enemy number one. And both left and right, the, I, I, when I say right, I'm referring mainly these neocons. They're not right in the tr- in, right in the true sense. See, the neo see, the neocon movement has captured the Republican Party. Uh, they started doing that probably. There was always a limousine liberal Republican, the Right Pond Society Republican, for many many years. So that's not. In fact, the Republican Party was the liberal party up until the time of Harding and Harding, and, uh, and uh, Coolidge, and uh, and then you had some Goldwater influence in the 60s that was more paleocon or old conservative. Uh, uh, Mr. Taft, Senator Taft from Ohio, was another one of that type. Limited government, non-interventionism, in other words, we mind our own business. We don't go around the world subsidizing and killing foreigners. But that's changed. But in the early 70s, the, neo, the, the folks that were the Trotskyites, they were in the Democrat Party, and the Trotskyites were anti they were, they didn 't like the Russian Empire, the Soviets, but they were pretty much uh on le- on the left on most issues, and they were able to ingratiate themselves into the Republican Party and pretty much take it over so you got these good old southern boys you know that are nice Christian guys, but they think that you know, going around the world destroying monsters is somehow a conservative thing, and they defend that and it 's sad because these neocons these professional neocons you know the 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 Irving Crystal types of the world they despise Christians. Carl Rove, uh, when he, uh, he said, in paraphrase, he said, "Give these Christians a prayer breakfast and you know throw them a few bones and uh, we have their support." They have nothing but contempt for the Christian. Well, one, uh, of
1: the, one of the things you have to define is people think neocon means ne- that's right means conservative light, and it doesn't. It means no. anti. Yeah,
0: you know, there's nothing. when neo means new. But there's nothing new about it. It's it's a, again it's a clever marketing strategy. And I say Neil, I hear Neo, oh new conservative, that's great. We we need all we can help. We need new ones. We need old ones. We need middle aged ones. So it's a good c- tactic. But they've redefined it. They actually, when you look at a guy like Newt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich praising Franklin Roosevelt, then you know, and he's supposed to be the standard bearer conservative, then you know you going a trouble. And, you you and mean you the, say, the
1: head the head socialist.
0: Yeah, so he's he's praising Franklin Roosevelt, and uh, and then you have these conservatives that think by adding amendments to a constitution, we're going to somehow roll back hundred years of socialism by not changing the play, not changing the players. In fact, the uh, the founder of the Convention of States project, Mark Meckler, I get their emails. I don't know why they still send them to me because they're maybe they don't they don't really care at this point. I don't know, but Mark Meckler. But they use dishonest fundraising tactics, but that's another issue. Um, But he said he's he's gloating over the election results of 2014, and he's saying in the email that self-governance types have captured two-thirds of the state houses, right? We've got a larger majority in the House of Representatives, and we finally got the U.S. Senate. Well, if that's the case, why do we need an Article 5 convention? We have the people. Let's just start rescinding these laws. Get rid of Common Core, get rid of Agenda 21, get rid of these gun control laws. This should be a no-brainer. You know, start rolling back. Tell the feds we don't want your money for, for your highways and your schools. We'll take, we'll take care of ourselves, thank you. But that hasn't happened to any large extent. And then he, says, then he says that even though that's a good thing, that's not enough. We have to change the rules. We don't have to change the players. That's what he's saying. The players are fine. Just change the rules. So tell you what, Jack, you and I will be in a basketball team. And I know that in our younger days, we could sky up and do a 360 slam dunk. But now that we're in our you know, early 30s, we're not as agile as we used to be. So we'll just lower the basket. Uh, am, am I exaggerating this a little bit? Okay, maybe early 50s. Um, we'll just lower that rim a couple of feet, and we'll look like Michael Jordan. And we'll be great basketball players. And that's what they're trying to do. They're going to dumb down the Constitution. Um, and at the, that's at the very least. Okay, that's the least thing they're going to do. They're going to give us. They're going to try to give us this balanced budget amendment. Well, who would be against that? In fact, they're very clever. They try and they use false logic, by the way, fallacious reasoning. The the reason why we have a 19 trillion dollar deficit is because of the John Birch Society back in the 80s. We stopped an Article Five convention, so it's our fault. Really? You would if we still had would have had a constitution in the wake of this uh, movement back in the 80s. We would have had a balanced budget amendment, maybe, and it would have said, well, with all kinds of exceptions, it would not have cut the size of government. It would have said, well, I'll tell you what, states, we can't, we can't give you this, uh, we can't give you this, this uh, pound of flesh. It is bribe money. These 30 pieces of silver. You're going to have to raise your taxes, and we're going to have to raise our taxes at the federal level. And yeah, maybe a VAT tax, you know, where you put a the value added tax or a national sales tax. Because we're not going to roll back the welfare state. We're not going to roll back the warfare state. We want to have both. And you are, you've been party to this for 100 years, you see. So that, that's, a, that's the least coming out of it. Then you have this Wolfpack group, and if you read their resolution, it's open-ended. But their main goal is to roll in, uh, to change the concept of corporate personhood. Now that sounds, well, corporations are evil, they're monstrous. Well, yes, yeah, some of the big ones are. But what about your corporation? you formed here in Maine. So you're going, that's going to change state laws. And it's going to it's, you're giving formal control over every corporation to the federal government. A corporation like a small church with a membership of 12 that makes the mistake of of getting a 501c3. They are now a corporation and they will be influenced by this particular amendment. So people don't think through these things. Uh, and these attorneys are going to go, they're going to make a ton of money in all the litigation that comes out of this. There's going to be the attorney attorney retirement account amendment and they'd love it's, to do isn't
1: like that. Isn't that always the case?
0: Yeah, they're going to be making big... And guess who are all these people that are lobbying in uh, the state houses, all these wonderful conservatives that walk on water and everyone loves them. They've done so much for the world. Well, they're all attorney folks. You know? So... Uh, well, you so hit right about now, now 10 different subjects. In Maine, we, subjects. Uh, it, <laughs> in Maine uh, a few days ago, Tuesday... Your organization held a, a meeting. I was very pleased to be able to participate for a short time, and uh, there wasn't that well attended. Uh, you brought in an attorney from uh, Connecticut who's a who's a freedom attorney. There are some some attorneys that are uh, freedom oriented attorneys, um, and <clears throat> she mentioned the status. Uh, she talked about Article Five, and she she did a nice presentation. I'm going to be uploading it. Up on YouTube, I uh, where I was uh, last night, I, uh, I didn't get a good connection. It would have taken me 700 minutes to upload it, so mm-hmm. I'll wait till I get home and uh, reformat it. But anyway, um, she said, if you read Article Five, Article Five is very, very. Uh, doesn't say much about who, how the delegates will be chosen, who the delegates will be. Will you be? Would it be one state, one vote, or will it be uh, based on electoral college votes, which means Maine gets what four, California gets about fifty. Uh, we don't know that. Uh, the past practice was uh, one state, one vote under the first Articles Convention. But the past practice also said, we'll change the mode of ratification. Uh, it, it, back in 1787, the Article Article um, uh, Article of Confederation, Article 13, said you had to have all the states on board to any change. They said, well, we'll change it to two-thirds. Why did they do that? They didn't think they had enough votes. And the second thing is that they could do it, because this was a deliberative body that obviously did it. And when they presented it to the, uh, this, the Congress, they said, "Okay, let's we like it and let's go to the states." And, uh, and two thirds of the states did ratify it. And, and w- one of the arguments they use is say that we claim that the Constitution was illegally ratified. You know what they're trying to—that's a set of—that's a straw man to say, "Well, gee, you must be a bad, you're a bad organization if you say the Constitution is illegal." We've never said that. We're saying that they had the they had the authority to do that. They exceeded their mandate, but they could do that because they were their own body. Their goal was to get there and make changes. And then, that, things, then he'll say, what's that?
1: One of the things you have to go to when you start discussing the the um, availability of the Article 5, and what I've been accused of many times is I, I don't like, the Constitution, I'm going to pick and choose what I'm going to like, dislike in the <laughs> yeah, Constitution. Yeah. No, that's not the case at all. We have to go back. It's a. It's not a menu. It can't be chosen from. You can't pick from it. But the, the deal is you have to go back and understand the original intent and the entire document in context. In okay. context, the Article 5 would have been the correct thing had it been used we were still a moral and religious people the problem is we have allowed many charlatans and many uh, nasty bills to be slipped in on us because we weren't vigilant to protect our freedom and so now to call an article 5 convention i believe is way too late to call an article 5 convention now is either way too late or very premature and i mean by that i mean if we were had been vigilant earlier and had called an article 5 back in the 30s or the or the teens maybe we would have gotten something fixed before the big money, big banks, Federal Reserve took over the world. And now, but now I've been telling people on this Article 5 thing, I will support an Article 5 100%. I will jump in it totally as soon as all the states become constitutional in themselves. How can an unconstitutionally operated state Force an unconstitutional federal government to be constitutional. How the heck I can think, that be?
0: I think that's, what, that's, that's what a very important point that I'm going to be. I'm going to borrow that from you, and I'll put a footnote and put your name there. Um, the other issue. So is Don't give they, me does,
1: credit. You'll you'll lose credibility. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. <laughs> the most dangerous man in Maine. Right. Anyway, um, one of the things that they use they they're using against us is that we say we're constitutionalists, but we don't want to use the part of article five that makes us nasty and mean and hateful and against the constitution. Well, the, the the delegates of that first convention didn't say we had to use it. It didn't say we had to amend the constitution, but it said when two thirds of Congress want to, want to apply for one, then it goes to the states or two thirds of the states, two thirds is hard to get. And the, the delegates, knowing they were not, they were not Democrats. They were not uh, people that jumped on bandwagons. They wanted to make it very difficult because they knew if it made it too easy, our Constitution would have been amended out of existence. And if they hadn't done that, it would have been amended out of existence because there's been dozens, if not over 100, different amendments proposed since the beginning of our Constitution. But and how many only 20... have actually gone through? What's that?
1: But how many have actually...
0: Oh, oh well, we know 27. That's uh, the first.
1: No, seventeen.
0: Well, well seventeen since the Bill of Rights. And well, the actually it uh,
1: was part of the initial ratification because they knew that this thing needed to be done right the first time because when you start messing with it, then you get it you you start to pervert it. Look at the main constitution. If you look at our our main constitution, it was a very well written document in eighteen twenty. They had the benefit at the time of knowing the shortcomings of the federal constitution, and there was some really good stuff well-worded into our main constitution. Now, the main constitution written in 1820 has been amended a few times, but if you read it because of the way they frame it and print it, it looks as if it's the original That in itself is one of the most deceptive things that happens in our state. Our Constitution in Maine has been amended 176 times. Why? Because it was that bad or because it was that good? You Mm. tell me. I'm going to side with the idea that it was that good, that it was a real thorn in the side of the progressives, and they had to make some changes to it as quickly as possible because Maine had such a good constitution. And they make it look, when when the folks in Maine, when we hand out a, a constitution to somebody, I always tell them, this is not the original constitution. It does not show you the 176 amendments that have been snuck in there to change this constitution from a very, very good one to a moderately good one.
0: Hey Chuck, can I ask you a question? Um, uh, when it comes to main state constitutional conventions, how many? Do you know how many have been held? No. Because no. that's one. That's one of the arguments they use. They'll uh, the uh, the other side. They'll say, "Well, states have had conventions so over 240 conventions, and uh, nothing has. Co- there's been never a runaway convention." But I believe that's very debatable. First, uh, the first convention that ever, ever took place in the world. Was in Massachusetts State Constitutional Convention, which gave us the Massachusetts Convention, which is the oldest constitution still in use uh, in the world, but it has been amended numerous times. And it's been what's interesting is that uh, there's a provision to call for state conventions. And uh, in 1820, they had another convention and they changed it. Now, today, that may not be very profound, but you had to be a Christian to vote. Now, again, today, that's well, what's wrong with being a non-Christian to vote? That's a big deal. But in 1820, it was a big deal. So if you look at that and say, yeah, it made, that was a profound change. And there's been other changes. <clears throat> and these other folks uh, who push this Article 5, they don't tell you about state conventions that led to secession. To me, that's sort of a runaway, isn't it? That's a, that's a profound thing to do, to leave the United States. Uh, or the Harshwood Convention. Harshwood Convention didn't lead to anything bad, but it could have because they the England wanted to secede from the Union is they were against the War of 1812. They didn't like the fact that the ports were closed. They couldn't trade. So that was the big reason for that. So states have had conventions, have had made some serious changes, and our state constitution is like Maine's. It's got 100-plus amendments to it, and you read, you read an amendment, and it will say it will be about four other amendments that have changed it. So it takes a long time. Okay, go here, then you've got to go way back to the Okay, then follow that and follow it over here. It's changed a lot you know and there's been a few i mean i'm not against changing things uh that need to be changed uh tweaking the constitution uh for example when uh, when aaron burr uh was shot you had a vice a vacancy when aaron burr came in second place you had uh, he was against uh jefferson so there was a problem here with that and they said well I'll tell you what instead of having the vice president be the runner up let's have a second ballot i hey, that made sense that was uh it wasn't a profound change it was a but it was a uh, uh, but then then they made a the big mistake uh, of uh taking power from the state legislators in this with the seventeenth amendment and it's interesting that, that the progress the so called progressives were the ones that got that ball rolling, and what they did was let's have a threat of an Article five convention, and Congress will act because they don't want to convention because they know that you don't have a convention for one purpose you can anything's up on the uh, up on the table. So they had quite a few calls. Uh, some people say there were actually thirty-four, but there were there were at least thirty-two, thirty-three calls for Article Five. Oh, I'm sorry, let me take that back. There weren't that many states then, so my apologies. It was a few less, but you need it was a two-thirds or close to two-thirds. And but next thing you know, Congress passed the amendment. It went to the states, and the states that were supposed to be a little bit more, uh, you know, a little more profound, a little more morally upright, maybe than they were today. They passed it. They said, we want to take power from our state legislators and give it to, uh, to the states, uh, give it to the federal government. So now you have uh, senators who no longer represent the states. They represent the interest well, <laughs> of corporate America, unfortunately. Well, that,
1: that whole but, concept of a threat of an Article 5 um, being a useful tool is the only thing that draws me towards the Article 5 concept. If, there were, if the Article 5 convention-type people were all absolutely, totally constitutionalists, I, I'd be jumping in their bandwagon. But I know that that's not the case.
0: Well, I'll, 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 I'll give you this much. If Mike Farris was the man, and I have issues with Mike Farris, but no question about it. I think he's, at the very least, as a minister of the gospel, or former minister, he's bearing false witness. But let's say that Mike Farris was the, was the man sharing this. And all of the delegates came out of this college, Patrick Henry College, all of the delegates from all 50 states, and maybe a few guys, a few Jack McCarthy types, and a few Ron Paulers. If they were at this convention, I probably wouldn't be so concerned. But guess what? They're not going to be there. They're not going to be the majority. There'll be a tiny percentage. And they're fooling themselves if they think somehow because this call is for a balanced budget yeah. amendment, that only people that want a balanced budget amendment will show up at this convention. They are deceiving themselves, wishful thinking at the very least.
1: Well, it always comes down to the money and the power. This will be totally um, undermined, this process. There's a there's bunch of good people that have, I believe that their motives are absolutely pure, that are pushing this to the nth degree. Now, let me tell you just what happened. Uh, I think I related this to you, yeah, I did um, but just for the sake of the people, things that come up in Augusta that have the word "constitution" in them, absolutely, we have been making an impact folks it's i'm not this is not bragging, this is just saying that being consistent and pushing hard does make a difference. A number of the people. Again, good, well-intentioned representatives in Augusta saw the Convention of States information being passed around and co-sponsored it because they thought it was from us. Yeah, Yeah. because it was promoting constitutionalism they thought it was from us, and so they co-sponsored it. Jumped right in there. Now,
2: I, I Dale Craft,
1: yeah, Dale Kraft is a good guy. He's one of the reps. He is supporting the constitutional convention because, in his, in the short the short uh, conversation that he and I had, was we don't have any more options. We're out of time. We're out of options, and I understand that mentality. I I'm right there with you. We are out of options. Unfortunately, I disagree that Article 5 is the last option because the Article 5 option to me is the nuclear option that will blow the whole thing to sky high. And we will start over with the people that have all the power getting exactly what they want, a democracy.
0: It will legitimize all of the illegitimate things that they've been doing. That's really what the outcome will do. So all of the unconstitutional things. And there is, you know something, people, this is a long-term problem. We didn't get into this problem overnight. It's not going to be changed in the election cycle. And there are a lot of people that just jumped on board. They had no, they did nothing. Because I, I, you know, I I deal with them on Facebook and in conversations. I said, what have you done? They'll go after me. What's your solution? I said, well, it's interesting. You never paid any attention to me before or our organization or organizations like ours that promote liberty message. You get, didn't give us a time of day. You're too worried about Tom Brady and who, uh, who, you know, the, the Red Sox to, to even pay attention. Now, all of a sudden, you're convinced that there's no hope unless we have an Article 5, and they call us alarmists and conspiracy theorists, and they're saying if we don't do
2: this, it's over.
1: But see, they're, they're watching. They're, it doesn't matter which which – of the talking heads they're listening to watching, whether they're listening to the conservative talking heads or the liberal talking heads, they're all talking about the same talking points that the, that the non-white left, that the actual Luciferians are giving them.
2: That's and right. so
1: you have faux you have news, Fox News, supposedly the conservative voice, Talking about exactly the same thing as the progressive news. The only difference is the
0: spin. That's right, exactly.
2: Well, this is how you could. If you're watching. The
0: but they court got everybody media. in a panic. That's right. It's all about fear. Fear is the tool,
1: fear is the tactic. We can't do anything else. We can't do anything else. The Muslims are coming. The Muslims are coming.
0: And they're accusing us of being fear mongering, and they're the right. ones that are promoting fear. And that's right. The, we let the Muslims in because we want them here. And now we're going to use them as a means to get a police state. Right. Right. And who yep. let the Muslims in? It was the the Bush administration in the 90s. And it was the uh, younger Bush that let them in, too. And, you know, so and then, and then they're going to say, oh, ISIS, we fund these people. I'll never forget a, uh, a cartoon that was in a publication years ago it was a Nelson Rockefeller and somebody asked Nelson Rockefeller, do you plan to solve the problem? And he said, of course we plan to solve the problem. Why do you think we created it? Come and um, Frederick Bastiat, the great French statesman who wrote The Law, the magnificent little book called The Law that everybody should be familiar with, he said that the poison and the antidote come <clears throat> out of the same laboratory. He's talking about the political, uh, political aspects of it. So, uh, but when you watch the corporate media, and you can listen to a Mark Levin, who, by the way, makes a lot of money selling books, pushing in Article 5. I don't have a problem with that, but at least that should be known, that, hey, he's, he's got a monetary interest here. But there are issues. it's not what he says, it's what he doesn't say. Does he discuss the Federal Reserve Bank? Does he discuss, does he discuss the international, internationalists? That are, he uses the word statists, as if somehow he invented the term. Well, how did the statists take over? He doesn't explain that. And when someone does call in trying to explain, he calls them kooks and hangs up on them. Does he discuss Common Core? Does he talk about Agenda 21? Does he talk about the organizations that are funding uh, these you know, these? Does he talk about the big foundations and exposing what they've done? Does he mention the Reese the Committee report from the 1950s? Does he mention that the United States has been supplying aid and aid and trade to nations that are enemies for many many years since the 30s or even the 20s he doesn't talk about those issues and he won't talk about those issues and when someone does like iran paul addresses this he denounces them. He, I think he said that Ron Paul supporters should be put in jail. That's his mindset. He will not talk about those issues, but he'll bash Obama and he'll bash global warming. He won't bash the source of that. He won't mention that the Agenda 21 policies. He'll, he'll ridicule that, but he can bash all he wants to. And people listen to him say, yeah, he's right on. He's right on. Boy, he's really going after Obama. Wow, we're, we're safe because he's bashing Obama. And they tell us, well, you guys have been around for how long? And you and we're worse off than before. Well, how better off are you? When you listening to talk show hosts, and all these guys are multimillionaires. Buy, you're buying all their books, but you're not doing anything. And you think that, that, that it's really there. It's, it's an outlet. It's almost like a, a valve. You know, listen to these guys on to, uh, these blabbing away on talk radio. And I've s- somehow uh, we're going to save our country because talk show hosts have denounced uh, are going after these people. But if you if you if you listen to the, some of these people back in the 90s or, you know, during the Bush administration, oh, they were s- supporting open borders. They were they were saying it's OK because they're going to be good Republicans. They didn't have any trouble with NAFTA. They liked NAFTA. They thought it was crazy to oppose NAFTA because we're going to have all kinds of jobs. And amnesty programs under under their great Ronald Reagan were great because it was going to it was going to stop all the illegals. So they've been wrong on all these things. And oh yes, they love UN undeclared wars because they think it's a war against the Muslims. So we're going to go to Iraq where, that we, that we supported back in the '80s, and we're going to take him out, and we're going to take this horrible guy out, and we're going to put in some good leaders. So, Saddam Hussein, who I agree was a bad guy, he's deposed. And who they have now? They have a Muslim that will execute people if you become Christians. And is that what our poor soldiers died for? And the billions of dollars, the billions of millions, trillions have been spent? And the same thing in Afghanistan. So, um, so these folks are soldier, so selling you out. You, you, they should lose their credibility. You know, they just have. like a lot, of, a lot of the Y2K alarmists, you know, they were telling us to, you know, buy their stuff, buy their, because uh, it, when 2001 rolls around or 2000 roll around, everything's going to shut down. And then when it did roll around, not much shut down. Think well, I be, think is- that's,
1: but see, that's, to me, that's one of the reasons why I do, I, I'm glad that they're doing the Article 5 convention talk. I'm glad that's out there because I believe that, one of the reasons why the Y2K thing didn't happen to the extent that it was promoted was because so many people actually said, Hey, this is a problem. Don't do it. We got to get on this. Yeah. And they started really getting close to it.
0: Well, let me mention uh, tonight before I forget, you mentioned it earlier a little bit. Uh, We'll have a, we're going to have a meeting at the Horn restaurant, which is on route one in Holton just, uh, little north of town if you're heading from Holton or heading south of Holton it's on the left side Uh, that's North Road I'm not exactly sure the exact address I wish I had but it's a well-known spot uh, the Horn restaurant we'll start at six o'clock you can order off the menu and we're going to be showing a a very interesting video Uh, we have a six-part Constitution series the Constitution is the solution so we do have a solution to the problem folks we're not just telling you to stop on article five we have a solution it's to understand the Constitution and take action with the information that you have Knowing once you once you learn about the Constitution. So it's going to be part five. It's called the, the Enemies of Freedom. It's going to name names. It's going to name organizations that are promoting it, and I'll give a little historical overview. I'll have plenty of literature, and there'll be some good fellowship, I hope. Uh, so that will be at uh, 6 o'clock at the Horn Restaurant in Holton. And, um, and I'll be with my good friend, Dan McGonical, And I, I wasn't trying to silence Dan. I don't know if Dan has any comments. Uh, he can, uh, well, Dan, there you go. Go.
1: Dan, Dan dropped off a few minutes ago. So I'm anyway, am
2: I'm on. I'm on. Well, we're in the same lodge. We're in Craig, Craig's lodge. here, Ski lodge. Oh, Okay. Um, uh, you mentioned in the beginning something about committees of safety. Yeah. And that, uh, well, the... the uh, We don't need that. We don't need that. We're safe. We don't need that. Right, kind right. <laughs> you the, see? Uh, well, the, the, <clears throat> the... What the Article 5 people proponents to have a convention, um, knowing that Article 5 itself says there's only, the only restriction in amending... You can amend the whole Constitution except for... You have to maintain an equal number of U.S. senators per state. Everything else is amendable. They don't like to talk about that. but um, <clears throat> the, uh, And they don't talk about enforcement. And we know from the Declaration 1776, we know from the preamble of the Constitution, we the people do ordain and establish this Constitution. We know from the Second Amendment, we know from the Tenth Amendment, that we the people are the superseding power and authority when necessary. Now, where necessary is in the, second, the first part of the Second Amendment, what is necessary to the security of a free state. And um, so what Dr. Vieira is promoting and I'm promoting and other people are promoting is restoring the uh, application of constitutional enforcement Restoring constitutional money, which is very important, and uh, restoring constitutional security. Okay, <clears throat> is is ha- still? Are you guys on at the same time? Hal's right next to me.
1: Okay, listen, guys. Here's the bottom line. You and I and all the good folks that have been doing this for a long time have been preaching to the choir. What do we have to do? How can this is the question that I ask all the time? How do we get the massive amounts of people to pay attention, wake up? How do we access their brains? How do we get in front of their between them and their television when Saturday Night Live is on or when Dancing with the Idiots is on? How do we get the people to open their eyes? Because they don't want to form a committee of safety because we have homeland security they don't want a committee of communication they all have smartphones we don't need all that stuff you guys are crazy
0: well first off you don't need the masses movements have never been formed by the masses that's the last you're not going to get the masses you need a tiny a good percentage two or three percent of the people that will actually organize and take action and let me give you an example. Uh, well,
1: The action part. The action part is the key.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What can we do as far as action? Well, look, at, we have a Congress that can be voted out every two years, at least the House of Representatives, every two years. We can have a nonviolent revolution at the ballot box. Now, how do we get people elected? There's a lot of people out there that run for office that share our views for the most part, but they get 15% of the vote. 20% of the vote, uh, they may get a debate, they may not even get on the ballot but sometimes they do so how do, you, how do you get more people to support these folks, well, you create local groups, we have chapters in our organization you work on a concerted action plan, you don't focus on 25 issues or 100 issues, you've got to focus on a few, those that you think you can be successful
1: I want you to focus on one
0: well, one issue
1: the
0: yeah?
1: restoration of the law
0: and that's a big that that's a big issue. So you if we so focus people, on
1: that. We got them right by let the nose.
0: Let me give you a couple of anecdotes that you know from the from the from the particular that could be the common. You have a lot of these so-called well entrenched members of Congress, but there forever. Now, current members is going to solve the problem. Right? That's that's the other side solution. So you get the guy out, the lady out who's uh, bad, and then you get someone with the same mindset. But if people in the districts know how these folks vote and how they spend their money and how they raise their taxes, then they're going to be a little less receptive. And I'll give you an example. In New York, I think it was the um, – in Greater Albany, we had JBS members. We had Oath Keeper groups and a Campaign for Liberty. I think Campaign for Liberty actually was the entity that published this voting record of members – of a member of Congress. He was endorsed by the NRA. He um, – in the polls, he had a 20% approval rating a week before the election. Well, this group, these, these patriots got together and took 10 of his votes, 10 of the most expensive votes he passed, what it cost per household, and, um, and, and et cetera, And they distributed these. They mailed them out and they, mailed, they put out about 20,000, maybe 40,000. I can't remember the exact number. They did it twice. The man lost by about a 9% margin, which is almost a landslide. They didn't know how, what happened. The guy that got elected his name was Chris Gibson. When he got elected, the man who started this, this uh, program, uh, Kevin McCashin out of Albany, JPS chap leader, he said, congratulations on your election, and we're going to keep your feet to the fire, too. We're going to hold you accountable. And uh, he's not run for – he didn't run for re-election, but the two terms, he, three terms he served, he was the most conservative, and he was only that way because he was being watched. And this was in a very liberal area. So it can be done, but it requires work and some money, not a whole lot of money. They raised about three or 4000 $6,000. The other side will spend millions. Uh, Jim Rubens, who was a big Article 5 supporter in, May, in New Hampshire, uh, Republican, quotation mark conservative, I would say the C stands for chameleon because he's on both, in both camps. He got close to $2 million worth of financial support, not directly to his campaign. But this uh, Wolf, this um, Mayday Pack, bought TV ads and radio ads. That's you know. Could you imagine what we could do with two million dollars in Maine to promote the li- Rose Liberty message?
1: Are you kidding? What could we do with a hundred thousand? dollars We could restore exactly. the republic. You understand they, that, that restoring the republic is the key, folks. We're just we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're trying right. to restore the republic to fix, go back, repair, patch, whatever you want to call it. We're not trying to make something new. We don't want something new. We want what worked, what was proper and authoritative, put back in place. That's the only reason that we've had any luck, any success in Augusta at all. We don't go down there with, as a matter of fact, I've had the opportunity to sit in the Secretary of State's office and I very carefully do not address my personal issues that I want him to do in those, in those, those meetings, because if I, if we use it for our personal gain, then we lose, then you lose because we're not doing our job. But when we're in there, we're talking, this is the law. You will do it. It's got nothing to do with whether it helps my industry or hurts my industry or helps my cause, or hurts my cause. It's about restoring the rule of law and not being part of the legal plunder. That legal plunder concept is huge. We have to restore the the rule of law and be so careful not to participate in the legal plunder when we are successful.
2: Well, you know,
0: if you go down to the Capitol, which you've done number, numerous times, you'll see all these lobby, uh, these, uh, these organizations, all within a few blocks from the state Capitol. One of them is a women's group, the voice of women, Maine's women. It's not the voice of Maine's women. It's the voice of some Maine's women. Um, and I, I think that these people do have a little much to control. And a lot of these representatives, they're not representing their people. They're representing the, the, the organizations that funded them to get them there. I mean, like this Convention of States, we got some folks that ran. They ran for the purpose of proposing So when they say, you know, Joe Joe Smith, Republican in bug tussle, it should say Republican Convention of States because that's who they represent. If you belong to ALEC, American Legislative Exchange Council, and you spend all of your time introducing legislation that ALEC wants you to legislate, then you really represent their interest, the corporate interest that back out. You don't represent the constitution. You don't, you don't uphold the constitution. nor do you support the people that sent you there? You support the interest. Now, every now and then there's a good resolution or a bill that maybe these folks come up with that could be modified somehow. And maybe it will work in your state. If it promotes liberty and it rescinds the size of government, then I'm all for it, but that's not usually the case. So, uh, so that's the, you every, see the thing is that lobbyists are full-time people that slews elected officials. Their interest is to, they don't, sometimes they don't even care what they're promoting. They're getting paid to promote this company or that company.
1: They're getting paid but, to promote a company or an idea. They're getting paid uh-huh. by someone who's going to benefit from that particular concept. And that's the problem.
0: But on the other hand, if the let's say there's a hundred lobbyists, I, I, I don't know how many there are, but let's say there's a hundred. you get a hundred voters influencing their elected officials, the voters are the ones that pull a letter. Lobbyists don't vote, or they're they're not even from your state most of them. So the, if the elected officials know that the people who uh, that vote for them will not vote for them, if they if, you know if they don't change their voting habits, that's more important than all of the money. As look, the, the uh, May Day group spent, like I said earlier, close to $2 million. The guy didn't get elected. Even with all that money, he lost the primary. They endorsed a Democrat, uh, Carol Shea Porter. They spent some money on her too, and she didn't get in. So sometimes even big money doesn't work when you have enough elected, enough people who know what's going on, you know, and because so money in itself doesn't always work. So, uh, and I, by the way, I have nothing. There's nothing wrong with three people You're organizing. are talking about
1: the, the holding the feet to the fire. That's
0: right. The
1: night, the night before the election, the first time the governor LePage ran for office. The night before, we were in Presque Isle, and I was on one side of him. Steve Martin was on the other side of him, and Steve's wife was there, and four or five other people. And the conversation went something like. Tonight, sir, we are your biggest supporters. We are pushing for everything it's worth. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, after you win the election, we are not going away. We are going to be right there holding your feet to the fire. He said, do it. Good, good. But the problem was, for the next two years, we couldn't get near him because of the neocons.
0: The neocons, yes. They
1: circled the wagons. They hated the fact that he actually won the election.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: his
1: own party hated the fact that he won, but then the, the Main Heritage Policy Center surrounded him so that nothing constitutional could be done.
0: That, that happens quite a lot. It's the uh, it's the staffers that make the, that really make the man or a woman. They're the ones that uh, you know. They, the they're, they're the ones that. Uh, these are the bills you should be interested in. This is what you say. Here's right. the speech you're supposed
2: exactly. to give. Oh, look. I, I want to make
0: sure for those of you who are listening say, well, what do I do? How take some action? Go to our JBS website, jbs.org. You can see drop downs. You see, you see action agenda items. You'll see uh, Article Five. You can take action now. At the very least, you can communicate with your state rep. But if you want, if you're really serious and want to get involved. You can ask to be contacted. There's a little place where you can say, "I want someone to contact me." Uh, there might be a local chapter where you are. There may be uh, some local activists, and you're not alone. You know, a lot of people think like you, but if you're not organized, you don't know. You don't know where they are. And there's a lot of other good groups here. But obviously, I'm, I'm very partial since I'm a full-time staffer, and I've seen I've seen this I've seen the program work when it's work done. I've actually seen it work even when you didn't have a lot of people, you know, a handful of people, I mean, a handful of people were able to kill this convention. We don't have thousands of people lying up testifying, right. you know, but enough. We got a
1: couple of seconds. I got to wrap it up. Thanks okay. guys. I appreciate what you're doing. I will All see right, you God, guys you.
0: on Saturday. All right. Excellent.
1: Take care guys. All right. Uh, Northern mainland man coming right up on the constitutional radio network. And, uh, on TalkShoe, you can go right to the Northern Mainland Landman if you're following in the chat room. And don't forget to support the folks that do support us. We appreciate all the help that we get. Natural Living Center in Bangor, you can stop in there and have a cup of coffee and a fresh hot muffin. And uh, join me there once in a while and say hello. Uh, they have a huge supplement section, uh, produce section, and grocery section. A big store, 10,000 square feet. Anything you need from soup to nuts in the natural food line. Natural Living Center. 209 Longview Drive in Bangor, 207-990-2646. And John Caven Countywide Vacuum. John sells a perfect vacuum and services the rest. John's got a wall of bags. He'll take down a bag of bags and send it any place in the country. 207-492-1492. 492-1492. And if you're running around Caribou, stop in. Well, that's Variety 365, 24-7. Anytime you want, you can get gas. Hot coffee, donuts, chester fried chicken, whatever you need on Sweden Street in Caribou. That's all for today, folks. Have a great day. We will see you on the radio.
0: WXME AM 780, Monticello, Halton, Presque Isle.